Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo, and today we have Timothy McLaughlin. He is an actor. He's been on a lot of shows. Uh, the two that I have actually watched would be CSI and Monk, um, but he has a whole long resume of being on different TV shows, movies, indie films, and he's just an interesting guy in general. Thank you for coming on today. Hey, Gary, nice to be here. How's it going? Pretty good. Oh, I also forgot to mention, you guys are not going to be able to see this, but he has the most badass beard that I have ever seen. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, like I said, man, it makes uh, it makes up for what I lack up on top. But uh, my wife, uh, my wife was totally impressed with it when I uh, started growing it about six, eight months ago. Wow. And uh, you know, as it was coming in, it, it looked kind of you know nasty and grubbly and everything. And mm-hmm. then I went to this one barber down here uh, by the harbor. And the guy just said, oh, man, he says, we're going to really make this work. And he's been my barber for the last six months. And and he works on it and he trims it out and he sculpts it. And he, uh, you know, he showed me how to work it. And, and now it's, uh, it's a work of art, I guess. That is awesome. <laughs> like, all I have is this little patch right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I got it. But uh, sure. my wife's not really thrilled like when I grow a full beard because it's real scratchy when I kiss her. And then she complains yeah. about it. She's like, I shave that thing off. Yeah. So, so yeah, I got to go with this soul patch sort of. No, that's cool, man. I've had one of those before. And, uh, and yeah, it does. When it gets to a certain length, it can get kind of prickly. But um, right now it's at the, it's at the yeah, soft stage. Yours is nice and smooth. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how much work you had to put into it, man. It's like conditioner, and you know, you know, uh, they got all these beard products, you know, beard balm or beard oils and stuff like that. You do all kinds of stuff with it. So, mm. yeah. What's it like eating spare ribs with that thing? Oh damn, that's that's. <laughs> let's see, I, I use, <laughs> about, about three times the amount of wet wipes that you normally have. Um, <laughs> It, it, that's that is that's the one crazy thing about it is that uh, I, I'll sit here I'll be drinking coffee and I'll have a sip of coffee and then all of a sudden like droplets of coffee will just kind of like hang out underneath and I'm constantly wiping it with a napkin and damn that son of a bitch you know you sit there and you you just uh, you get annoyed after a little while but then you have to you know you have to learn how to how to drink and eat a whole different way. Wow, like, I'm a real messy eater. Like if I were to have a beard like that and go eat spare ribs, like I would have to like jump in the shower and like yeah, shampoo my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I do. That's that's when I wash it up really good because there's nothing worse than waking up in the morning and you're like, oh man, that's just that's that's a smell I don't want to smell when I wake up. Yeah. So it can get uh, it can get that way. So it's yeah. work. Hey. So um, how did you get into acting, man? Oh, geez. Uh, well, how how do most men do something that they never intended on doing? To get chicks. What, what usual chicks? Exactly. It's always the chicks. Was, it is, man. A woman has so much power over a man. It's not even funny. That's why I started and, playing uh, music. 
Dude, that's exactly, you're exactly right. I mean, my, uh, my 24 year old is a guitar player and he's also a DJ mm -hmm. and it's all about the chicks, but I was in high school and, um, I, I really, I just fell for this one girl in high school and, you know, she wouldn't have anything to do with me, but you know, I still didn't give a crap. I wanted to, I wanted to be around her. I asked her out every year to the homecoming dance every year I got turned down. And then uh, my junior year in high school, I found out she had joined the drama club. So I said, ah, that's it. I'm, I'm going to join the drama club. You know, and then she can't run away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so I joined the drama club and, um, and uh, the first play I was in was called The Man Who Came to Dinner. And I played a, a, just a small walk-on part in the play, but I had a blast and my role was funny. And the audience laughed their asses off. And um, from that moment on, it was just, it was like a drug, you know? I mean, I had to, I had to, I had to be there on the stage. Mm -hmm. I had to be doing stuff. I had to be making people laugh, cry, you know? It was all about the emotions. So... so do, do you like doing live theater over like doing TV because of the interaction with the audience and like just that electric, that electricity sort of vibe that goes on during a live performance? There's definitely a lot more stress. Um, I'm more stressful when I do live stage productions and I'm more on edge because, um, you know, it's one, it's a one take kind of deal. You know, it's when you do film and television, it's like an insurance policy. You can screw up because you get another, you know, you get another take. So yeah. in that, in that aspect, you, you get to have, uh, you get to have a little bit more, uh, you know, latitude with, you know, having mistakes happen. Um, stage, what you have to do is, you know, when you screw up on stage, you have to roll with it. You have to incorporate it into the scene. Like it's not a mistake, mm -hmm. you know, um, and a lot of mistakes that, you know, amateur actors really do is if maybe if something drops or falls off of the table while they're in the middle of the scene, you know, they just ignore it and keep going straight forward with their lines. Um, instead of acknowledging, Hey, you just dropped something off of the table, you know, go pick the damn thing up, but continue with your lines and your conversations and your dialogue. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, there is, it's, it's, it's a higher stress for me when I do stage. Interesting. You know, like as a, as a musician, I will always try to use my mistakes to my advantage. There's a couple of like rules. One is if you make a mistake as a musician, rule number one is uh, do it again. Make them people think you're doing it on purpose. Yeah. And uh, or another one, at least with like playing guitar, is you can always bend to the correct note. Yeah. <laughs> or slide <laughs> into the correct note. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. Or worst case scenario, instigate a fight with the audience. There you go. That actually works too. Yeah. Um, my brother is actually a professional drummer, and um, he he went to school at Berkeley in uh, in, in Boston, Berkeley School of Music mm -hmm. in Boston, and um, he uh, he actually was invited to join Thelonious Monk because he was a big jazz oh, wow. uh, a musician. Yeah, and uh, he had to, he turned it down because his wife had just gotten pregnant, and uh, it was just a it was a timing thing with him. But what an honor that he had to join you know such a prestigious uh, uh, group like Thelonious Monk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he's uh, he's forged a career in uh, music. Um, you know, him and he and his wife do um, you know bilingual um, uh, music concerts for youth for the mm -hmm. kids. Um, they're pretty talented, but, uh, yeah, we've got, I got a whole lot of, uh, 
entertaining in uh, in my family. That's great. Yeah. So so with TV, like like like, what roles did you play? Uh, what actually first, which CSI were you on? Because I know there's a. Sh- bunch of csi like there's like csi (laughs) csi like new orleans csi la csi miami csi puerto rico i'm waiting for canada or something to join the fray you know right there may be or csi uk or something like that but no i was actually in the original one Mm -hmm. um i think it was season seven though and um uh lawrence fishburn i believe was uh it was his first season Oh no, um, uh, Ted Danson's first season too. Uh-huh. So those guys were doing a, a lot of stuff together. So it was, I believe, Ted Danson's first season as uh, in CSI, uh, but it was the original one. Uh, then the title of it was called Descent of Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a real uh, quick, small role at the beginning of the film, but it was nonetheless. It had some incredible uh, uh, physical activity. I had to jump out of a running plane, airplane. And, and I had to run across an airfield, uh, you know, to a shed. So it was a pretty intense scene. That's cool. You know, one of my favorite things about watching, like, I like action movies. And I really, like, the guys who make action movies, I think are the hardest working guys, the hardest working actors. Yes. And, yeah. and I don't see a whole lot of those lately anymore. Or, like, these really hardcore... Or, or the yeah. or the CGI, a lot of the action, and you can tell because yeah. it's kind of choppy. Uh, yeah. like, like the last really good even movie that I've seen, I'm gonna have to say was the remake of Mad Max. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff that they do nowadays, though, um, I think it was it was really introduced in the the, the film Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you saw that yeah, movie. I did. Where there was a lot of a lot of the stunts were done with harnesses and cables, mm-hmm. and then they of course just edit out the, the harnesses and the cables, so it allowed for the actor to do like some unbelievable stunts that you're sitting there and going, yeah, gravity doesn't work that way, <laughs> you know. And then the Matrix came in and yeah. the same thing, and how they were how they work all the different uh, um, how they work all the different camera angles, yeah. and uh, and and then motion capture. You know, which allowed for a lot of other, you know, you could literally turn your body into all different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. in motion capture. And I mean, you know, they did that in the Lord of the Rings movies yeah. um, with Andy Serkis when he played Gollum. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it gone, really, really gone are the days of, you know, bring in the stunt double, you know, he's going to break a few <laughs> arms for you and make it look like you and da 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 You know, fa- aside from a very few actors like uh, like Tom Cruise, who does all of his own stunts mm-hmm. and. You know, I, uh, I I I applaud the guy. He's amazing at it. But um, he's like the Tom Brady of movies. It's really, I mean, that those guys, the, the intensity that uh-huh. those guys have, and and the focus on doing things on their own and making sure everything is perfect. Um, but you're right, man. I mean, the, some a lot of the great stunt stuff that they do, which is why I want to get into westerns. Now. That'd be awesome. Um, that's in fact, that's one of the reasons why I, I started to grow the beard is because I did a, I wanted to do a complete makeover as an actor. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you could definitely be a Jesse James. Hey, I'm just looking to get on Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a great, that's a great series right now. Um, you know, there's some really great actors on there. 
some really intense performances and uh, uh, you know I'm a I'm an intermediate horse rider uh, you know I, I, I've ridden horses enough but some mm-hmm. of these guys are just incredible um, you know but but again westerns the old stunts that they used to do in the old western movies those were great can those you lasso something uh, I can I can I can lasso I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm a I'm advanced at it but I've done it a few times how are um, so you? Say, how are you? A shooting well, riding a horse. I uh, have not shot and ridden a horse uh, before. Now those activities haven't uh, <laughs> haven't 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 met in my career. Um, I've handled weapons before, and I've I've done some weapons training. Um, you know, because you never know when you're going to be asked to handle any kind of a weapon. Um, so it, it has. It's been something that, as an actor, I've collected all over the years. You know, mm-hmm. you study hand-to-hand combat and you study weapons, and you know, you've always got to be working on that. As a matter of fact, I just um, I just came on board with a buddy of mine. He's going to be giving me boxing training, so I can't wait for that. <laughs> I hate getting punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, it's it's only happened to me once or twice, and it's not fun, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, having that kind of training, though, is really a good thing, especially if you're doing anything in the movies that might require some kind of a, you know, hand-to-hand combat. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about martial arts? Um, no, I, you know, I never got into any martial arts. My brother was a big uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He studied a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, I, I mean, I've taken a lot of, uh, the, the hand-to-hand combat involves a lot of, you know, some of the Cobra Kai moves and things like that, punches, kicks and things like that. But that, that's definitely something I'd like to, you know, move into more seriously. You could be like the next Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah, at 54, that'd be a little little late in the age starting bracket there. Oh, come on, so. Chuck, Chuck Norris is like 80 and he's still like the most badass yeah. dude that ever lived. Well, he's earned the badass... Uh, a title and he's got the trophy, you know, so <laughs> it's, tough to, it's tough to wrangle it away from him when he's just constantly, you know, he's constantly doing badass stuff. But yeah, at 80 years old, he's, he's slowed down. <laughs> I remember when his first movies came out, um, the, the, the one movie that just blew me away was the film called Good Guys Wear Black. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was an old Chuck Norris movie that I thought that was, he just kicked everybody's ass. It was, <laughs> it was really cool to watch this, the, the way that they do, um, you know, the way that they do uh, their martial arts. It's, it's blows me away. How about Clint Eastwood? Since you're into Westerns, I mean, yeah. well, have there ever been a better person in Westerns than Clint Eastwood, like in the good, bad, and the ugly? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't yeah. even say anything. He just stares at people. Yeah. He's, he's just got that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just got that. He's just got that look like, like he's been out in the Mojave Desert for six months at a time, you know, eat, eating snakes and, uh, you know, fighting off coyotes and, and stuff like that. But no, his it, actually my favorite Westerns are are his uh, his movies that he did, uh, Pale Rider and mm-hmm. Unforgiven. Those are my two favorites, um, along with uh, Tombstone and, um, of course, the best classic, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That was one of my that's that's still number one on my list. Wow. Um, just an incredible film. How about John Wayne? You know, I didn't get into watching a lot of John Wayne when I was young. Um, my wife's father is a John Wayne nut. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of his films. Um, they're classic. 
a lot of the classic gunfights and stuff like that. But it's all, I mean, it, it's so much of it is, has this, just this Hollywood image to it. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, the, the, I mean, you want to see a real gunfight in the movies, the film open range with Kevin Cosner um, and um, uh, not Dustin, but Kevin Cosner and uh, uh, who's the other guy? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on him. Um, anyway, open range, the, the finale scene, where they're they're in town and they're they're blowing away all the guys and everything. Mm-hmm. That's the most real gunfight I've ever seen because a lot of a lot of the uh, historical facts about gunfighting is you were standing more than ten feet away from a guy you couldn't hit him unless you had a scatter gun, a big giant you know right. scatter shotgun. The the pistols were so inaccurate back then in the day um, that you know you were called. You were called a sharpshooter, or you were called a whatever, you know, crack shot or whatever. If you could shoot somebody at twenty feet, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, you look back at it. I mean, even back in the day when they had the duels back in England, and yeah. you know, you'd walk uh, twenty, ten or twenty paces away, you'd point at each other and you'd, you'd shoot them. One guy would shoot, and if he missed, the other guy had all the time in the world he could take to shoot that. You know, <laughs> both missed. You went and you had a drink, and that was it. Yeah, it was over. But, yeah. uh, it wasn't that you know. long ago that I had challenged somebody to a duel. <laughs> he declined. Yeah. He, he what? A, he declined. He was afraid of me. Oh, he was. He was afraid of you. Mm. What was it? Was it a was it a video game duel? Or was no, it no, up it duel? was a real duel. He called me a Yankee. Oh yeah. Okay. So I said, "All right, I'll show you what kind of Yankee I am." <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to your great great grandfather's chest and open up the the, the musket pistols and the? <laughs> We're gonna use these. Uh, we use more modern weapons now, like nine millimeter Glock. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's that's pretty. That would that would be pretty intense if somebody uh, somebody walked up to me and said, "I'd like to have a duel with you." Uh, that would that would be that'd be something that I'd be a little bit afraid to uh, to uh, accept. Really? I mean. Yeah, if somebody if somebody sat there and said, "Hey, man, you and me tomorrow at noon, out on out on the out on the main road, you and I are gonna back to back. We're gonna go ten paces. We're gonna turn and shoot at each other." I'd be like, uh, "Really? Yeah, I mean, can't we just like have a fist fight or something like that? <laughs> I knock you out and I win or something like that." I mean, but I don't know, man. Who knows what's gonna happen nowadays? It, it, it is kind of badass to live through a duel, though. Like one, you oh, have bragging like to even be a part of it. It's even better. Like honestly, I mean, rather than winning the duel, I'd rather be the loser, get shot, and have like yeah. a good, nasty scar to show off. And have, oh yeah, I mean that that would be so so cool. See, I got this bullet hole from that duel I was in last year. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you see the one I got right here between my eyes? I got that from a duel, you know. <laughs> I just, I, uh, you know. So it's like, it's like you take your Glock. It's like you take ten paces turn and you empty the clip into your opponent. Is that how it works? Because, because I, I, I literally turn and I drop to the ground, where I could fire at a lower angle. That mm-hmm. way, it'd be harder to hit me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I probably wouldn't even fire. I mean, because I would make a rule of one shot each, you know. Okay. And, and I probably wouldn't even fire. I would probably just rely on the other person missing. You know, what would be really cool would be in a duel where you had 
like uh, six shooters, like a Colt, um, and you only had one bullet in the chamber and you both spun the chamber. So it's kind of like a Russian roulette duel. Right. <laughs> so you take your paces, you turn and you fire. And if you both, and you just keep clicking until the one bullet fires out. That's a good game. <laughs> that way you wouldn't know if you had the first shot or if you had the last shot and vice versa. That would be an interesting, uh, interesting uh, little twist to add into that. Maybe they could do that in a remake of Deer Hunter. Okay. That would be interesting too. Yeah. In fact, wow. I wonder if they would ever remake that movie. You know, there's some movies that I just I can't I can't I can't stomach remakes. Um, you know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of also classic comedy movies. And when I heard they were doing a remake of the Ghostbuster movie, yeah. I was like going, I was like going, okay. Now before you guys desecrate this sacred movie. Um, you know, is it going to be a different plot? Is it going to, cause I'm okay. You know, with, if you want to do some other Ghostbuster script, but they like literally copied the script and just put different gendered people into it. And I was like, no, no, that's, that is, that is sacrilege. You just can't do that. When you make a remake of something, um, you can make a remake of something like, I mean, you know, star is born. Okay. They made it like three times, four times they've made remakes of the stars born. And each one had a similar plot line, but it was in different time periods, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Barbara you know, Streisand one, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara Streisand and Lady Gaga. I think the, one of the first ones, I don't, I think the very first one, I don't remember, but I believe that um, Judy Garland was in the, the oh. second one. So, but, but again, you're, you're talking about you're talking about taking a, an iconic movie like Gone with the Wind. Oh, we're going to remake Gone with the Wind. With today's technology, mm -hmm. if it was a first time of if it was a first time uh, uh, epic film like that, it'd be fantastic. But you're taking away you're taking and stripping a little bit of history away from the original. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's like I, I the mold has been cast. This is, this is how it is. The original needs to stand on its own. So, you know, some remakes can work. Some of them, most of them, I would say, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. No. Clark Gable is my cousin. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is. So he's like a, a, a distant third generation, second generation. Yeah, he was related. Well, he was my mom's cousin, I guess. So I guess that makes him my cousin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he was your mom's, like your mom's parent, one of the parents of your mom, mm -hmm. his brother, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah no, like that's that. cool. That is. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, to be connected to somebody in Hollywood is, uh, you know, especially during the golden age of Hollywood. It's pretty cool. So, so what actor do you uh, like the most or, or, or things like one of the most talented? That's not too hard. Uh, Gary Oldman would be my, uh, he's my, he's always been what I've always strived to be as an actor. Um, you know, the, the best actors in the world are the ones and you don't recognize when they're on film mm -hmm. and you don't sit there and go, Oh, hey, hey, that's Jack Nicholson or Nicholson. That's Jack Nicholson or, 
oh, there's Johnny Depp, there's Brad Pitt. You know, the actor that you could say, wait a minute, who's that guy? And it takes you like five minutes to figure it out, you mm. know, of watching him. And you go, oh, yeah. I mean, Gary Oldman, he's done, uh, I mean, when he was in that, when he was in Dracula, uh, I was blown away because I didn't even recognize him in that. And then he, he, and then, I mean, he can transition to do all these other incredible roles, you know, like, like, um, uh, 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 Sirius Black. And then he can, he can go ahead and switch it up and be James Gordon and Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and then he could be, <laughs> uh, Zorg in the fifth element. Uh-huh. I mean, you talk about, you talk about going from, from somebody like Dracula to Zorg. And they're both bad guys, and yet they have you just you don't even recognize them. Mm-hmm. And I'm and, and I'm probably picking out just some of the films that are just you know very obvious. There's so many hundreds of other movies that he's done that you sit there and you watch them and you're like, I don't even know who the heck that guy is. Hmm. And then you know, then you have your favorite heroes and your favorite uh, you know. I really one of my favorite actors is Neil McDonough, and he's been in like thousands and thousands of films and. And um, he usually plays a bad guy and he's got these piercing blue eyes and this like white silvery hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he's an amazing, he's an amazing actor, but I can identify him. I know him. Oh yeah, there's Neil. That's Neil. Uh, and yet I've seen him play, you know, a whole bunch of different types of roles. Um, but uh, I would, ha- I would, I would have to say Gary Oldman. I'm not one that's going to sit there and say, Oh, I like Bobby De Niro or I like Pacino. You know, those guys are all great. They all had their, you know, they all had their epic films. But so uh, what do you think yeah. of Ethan Hawke? Ethan Hawke, I think he's really, really aged well into deeper roles. In his younger career, he was, you know, just another heartthrob, you know, that uh, that all the girls really, you know, loved and fell fell over for. Um, but it, he, as he's gotten older, and I really think you can you can put the movie Training Day as his crossover movie that's mm-hmm. when i saw him transition into something that you know he started doing a lot more roles that i really enjoyed so mm-hmm. he's he's gotten way better as he's have you, have you ever met him no 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 never met him um the I, uh the I, got in a fight. I, I got in a fight with him once oh yeah when i was a kid Young, back in the back he, in the old days he's or? from my hometown Oh, okay. Was it a was it high school age or was it? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like I said, he was one of those. He was, he was one of those. Uh, taking Johnny on one Depp. of my friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're young, you do stupid things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not sure, right? At, at that age, when you're when you're maturing and when you're going through those young those young age, the young ages where you're becoming more of a man and you're posturing and you're, you know, some of them are bullies and. Some of them are not. Yeah. I, I did like him in uh, the movie where he played Chet Baker. I was really surprised. Okay. I'm trying to, I can't remember the name. It, of the it was sort of an obscure movie. Yeah. I'm trying to remember um, it. I don't think it played in many plays because not many people are into that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, it was he's, called he's, Born to Be Blue. Okay. Okay. I, I've heard of the movie, but I haven't seen it. Yes. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, he really good a, in that movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's got talent. I mean, he wouldn't be in Hollywood if he, if he didn't have talent. So, uh, but again, a lot of these actors, they start off as the young heartthrobs. Mm-hmm. 
or as the young femme fatales, and you sit there and you hope, uh, you know, that, that they learn and they grow, and, and, and a lot of them didn't, and a lot of them fell by the wayside after they got older, and a lot of them didn't. A lot of them grew into their roles, you know? I mean, George Clooney, when he was young, was just a heartthrob. I he didn't have, was not impressed with his acting, and then as he got older, he grew into that GQ older guy look and uh, you know, he started putting some good work in. So, so then what do you think of Matthew McConaughey playing Magic Mike? Does that disturb great. you? You think it's nah. great? No, nah, it's great. You know, and he turns around and he plays uh, Dallas Buyers Club, you know, one of his Academy Award. Uh, some of these actors are so committed, as is myself, that they'll put their bodies through the most intense transitions that it ends up really affecting their health. I mean, Tom Hanks, when he was in Castaway, um, because he had to go through such a dramatic weight loss. I, I don't, I don't know whether it was, he, he got diabetes from it. He became diabetic. There was, there was, there was a health issue that happened that has basically lingered with him after that. And a lot of these, a lot of these actors, they have serious, serious health issues, sometimes mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Heath Ledger, I, I, I just personally, I don't think he ever recovered after uh, the Joker. You know, that that role, he just literally let consume him as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I could be wrong, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, you know, that that performance was Oscar worthy. Yeah. And, um, you know, and um, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, when mm. he followed up with his version of it, um, you know, there's a lot of actors out there that go through incredible Incredible, physical and mental um, I, I stress. I think it was was it Joaquin Phoenix that was in uh, what was that movie? Eight Millimeter with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. That he, was he played the dude yeah. that was working in the porn shop. Yeah, he played, and he ends played up the getting porn killed. Shop, yeah. Yep. Got 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 taken out at the end. Yeah, that was him. Um, I, I love. I just watched that movie a couple months ago. It was a really good movie. Yeah. I, I watched it when it first came out, then I came back and watched it again. Um, no, that was a great film. Uh, intense, intense. My uh, my nineteen year old son mm-hmm. watched it for the first time, and and when we were done with it, he was like, "Dad, man, that's that that that's really some dark stuff there." It like, is yeah, dark. It's one of the darkest movies there is. And the yeah. guy and that guy who plays a uh, Dino Velvet, he's in a ton of movies. Oh yeah. I, 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 He's, oh yeah, he's even in the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yup, yup. Um, it's it's uh, it's uh, the the thing that I like about my uh, about my work is that um, when I'm work when I'm doing it, it's it's a you have an obscurity about you. I don't want to be the actor that's got nine thousand people following you everywhere and doing everything and and whatnot. I want to. Um, uh, I want to be obscure. I want people to awesome. see me down the street, look at me and go, I know you, mm-hmm. I know that guy. And then not know my name. And then, Oh, what show were you on? Oh, were you on monk? Oh yeah, that was me. Ah, now I remember da, 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 da. <laughs> Hey, can I get a picture with you? Or can I have your autograph or something? You know, but from that point on, it's, uh, it's really good to have that kind of obscurity. One of the actors, you know, you actually mentioned uh, Dracula. And he was never really super, super famous, but he actually had, I think he had the world, or at least had the world record for being in the most movies, was Christopher Lee. 
Christopher Lee. Yep. Count Dooku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy had such a voice. And, uh, and again, he, uh, everybody, everybody that knows him, oh, he was in Count Dooku. Well, he was also uh, Solomon, yeah. Solomon in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but no, his career, I mean, spans all, spanned all the way back into the, you know, 50s. And I mean, this guy was, this guy has, has a resume a mile long. Yeah. He so. has the world's record. Yep. But yep. yet, a lot, a lot of people, of you bring up the name of Christopher Lee, and like, oh, who's that? Yep. Yep. And he really made his, he really made his fame, you know, in some of these the latest in his career. He did a lot of supporting roles, you know, yeah. a lot of black and white films and was supporting it. I want to say he was in a Twilight Zone mm-hmm. back in the day, too. He was in a Johnny Depp movie, too, where he, plays uh, a, he played a dentist. Was it uh, Sweeney Todd? No. No, it was. Uh, I can't remember. That's yeah. that's. Uh, it was this weird movie where Johnny Depp had these messed up teeth, and his father was a dentist, and it was Christopher Lee. Uh, I'm trying remember. to remember that. No, gonna, it, it was. I'm going to go back and search. It was it. along the lines of like it was made by that guy who made the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget yeah, the guy's uh, name. Oh man, yeah. That's now you're now you're pulling me. Uh, I know the he did the Willy Wonka uh, remake. That's what it was. It was Willy Wonka. It was the Willy Wonka oh, remake. He, yes, he was in the yeah. He was in the Willy Wonka movie. Yep. That's what yep. it was. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, well, well. Johnny Depp always followed because um, uh, when he did Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. you know, he was uh, he he did. Uh, um, uh, what other movies did he do with uh, with the director with Tim Burton? Uh, Ed Wood. Uh, Ed Wood is Ed actually Wood, one of my yeah. favorite movies. And I think I think Sweeney Todd. I, I mean, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp just have collaborated on so 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 many uh, you know uh, films. Yeah, he did. He, Tim Burton did Sweeney Todd. And um, uh, but but again, um, Christopher Lee. What a great actor, man! What a great actor. But that, that's, I mean, most of the time actors, the, the ones that I've known, mm-hmm. they don't want to be stars. They just want to make a living at something that they love. And they want to they be able to make a living, live comfortably, and carry on their career all the way, you know, hopefully into their 80s or, you know, until they die. They want to mm-hmm. literally, they want to have a movie in process when, you know, when they pass away. I mean, look at Betty White. I mean, the gal's 93, I think, or yeah. 90 something. She's still going strong. I mean, she's doing, you know, everything, everywhere. I mean, God, you know, was that Hot in, Cle- Hot in Cleveland or something like that? That yeah. TV series she did? She was great. I mean, she just keeps going. Yeah, that's and, amazing. Uh, she, well, that's kind of yeah. like the way uh, George Burns was like that. Yup. I mean, he was yep. like 99 or something. Something yes, like he, I think he was a hunter when he died, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, uh, but he he did more variety shows. Obviously, back you know the, the height of his career was mm-hmm. you know obviously the 40s, 50s. Um, you know he did a lot of variety shows, and and it's really interesting because when you when you when you see the guy, he, he was a really good dancer, a tap dancer, I believe, when he was young. But in his later days, all he was known for was smoking his cigars and his raspy voice. You know. Mm-hmm. And he'd make these, uh, 
uh, he'd have these uh, uh, these characters he would do that were just, you know, they were just him. Everybody loved him. He's like, he, it, it's like he didn't become, he wasn't famous. Well, he was back in the, in the 40s and 30s. He was famous for his acting. But later on, he just became famous because he was George Burns. Yeah. You know, it's like he was on how many episodes of Johnny Carson and, uh, (laughs) you know, because he was always fun to have because he was very improvisational and he was a good conversationalist. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe that's what I'll do when I'm in my 80s and 90s. I'll just be Timothy McLaughlin and I'll just go on all these variety shows. Smoke cigars. Smoke cigars (laughs) and I'll I'll show my beard and I'll, uh, you know. (laughs) Definitely. He was also one of my favorite George Burns parts was in a it's a movie that everybody hates, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Oh God, I haven't seen that in years. It was you know it's, it's George Burns and like Alice Cooper and I think maybe Frank Zappa's in it. Yeah. Oh God, I think I saw that once when I was was in college. I think it was at a fraternity house, and they were showing it on the wall. And everybody was getting stoned and everybody was drinking and they were watching. I mean, it was a double feature. It was Sergeant Pepper and uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah. <laughs> we were just watching it. <laughs> that was the only time I watched it. I, but, I'm kind um, of partial. I like that movie. I know everybody else hates it, but I, 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 I like it just, maybe it's just the casting. The casting is so bizarre in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of like the movie, it's a mad, 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 mad world. You know, and Mel Brooks did, mm-hmm. and it had a, just a star-studded cast of everybody and anybody. You know, movies like that, um, politically incorrect films like Blazing Saddles. Yeah, that was, yeah. that's also one of my funniest. Gene Wilder was awesome too. It, it, brilliant, brilliant actor, brilliant, brilliant actor, and um, uh, he did a lot of a lot of great work. And uh, yeah, no, there's, I mean. Some of the, I mean, one of the movies that I actually did, my first film, I got to work with a lot of people, actors from the uh, from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with Ed Begley Jr. and Tyne Daly and Sally Kellerman, the original uh, Margaret Houlihan from the original movie Mash, um, and uh, and they were all in the movie, and it was great just to see these icons. You know they, that they were icons, you know, maybe a couple of decades earlier, but right. they still, they still hold that glow about them, that yeah. professionalism, that, you know, that, that glow. Yeah. So, so what do you think is going to be the future of TV and film? You know, everything is kind of changing. You know, I, I think now things are moving away from Hollywood. I think Hollywood yeah. may not necessarily become a thing of the past, but it's obviously not going to be what it used to be with all the new independent filmmakers and, um, you know, because people can just do it themselves now and distribute yeah. it themselves on the internet. Um, yep. So yep. where do you see, where do you see it going? And like same with TV shows, you know, I can, I mean, eventually people are just going to start making their own TV shows as well. I mean, some yeah. already do, like I have my own podcast, you know? Um, yep. Yep, but that's that's a lot of well, well the the pandemic this year has thrown a lot of people, a lot of entertainers into podcasting. Um, you know, even some people are doing variety shows via Zoom. I mean, Kevin Hart, I get 
was a variety show they were doing where they were popping into people's houses, mm-hmm. doing all kinds of game challenges and stuff like that. But you're right, Gary. Um, the, the biggest thing that I think is going to happen is you've got these television series that people are binge watching. I mean, look at Cobra Kai dropped its entire season. Yeah. You can watch the whole season in a day and or an afternoon even. But the generations that are coming out now, the, the kids, their attention spans are like 15 seconds. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're literally because they're going through TikTok videos and they're going through, you know, uh, uh, all of these Instagram videos and things and they're wowed and then they're bored 10 seconds later. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a shock value and then it's gone. So they're looking for the next shock value and gone. So they literally are just thumbing through uh-huh. TikToks and Instagrams. And everything. So I, I think that's going to be a big detriment. It's going to be a big hurdle for the, um, uh, the film industry to overcome because you got to try to keep everybody's interest. I mean, even the Cobra Kai series are only 30 minutes long. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, you know, but you binge watch them and, mm-hmm. and you're done. And then it's like, okay, I got to find another thing to binge watch. Yeah. The really good movies, the good films are going to come out of all the festivals. And they have been for a while. They've been coming out of independent film festivals. Um, Cause today's big blockbuster movies are all, they're all the independent, uh, they're all the big mega Marvel movies and the DC movies. And the, you know, um, they're just, yeah, they're just, uh, uh, they're too massive. Mm-hmm. They're so they got these billion dollar budgets now. So um, I just I don't know if it's gonna I don't know if it's gonna survive. You know, right. really true old Hollywood. Yeah, because I mean, since I've been doing the podcast, I've interviewed at least four independent film directors. You know, one guy was in Australia. He made a movie called Alien. Toxic Alien Babes from Outer Space or something like that. Yeah. And he's made a bunch yeah. of other short films and stuff. He's actually been acclaimed. I interviewed a guy who made a he made a couple movies, but the one I interviewed him about was called Path of the Beast, which was about Bigfoot. Um, yeah. I interviewed another guy who made a documentary about Bigfoot. Yeah. And I interviewed one guy, and he's also co-hosted on my show a couple of times, Adam Lipe who made his own movie called Wait, Wait, Don't Kill Me. And he paid uh-huh. for it and produced it and published it all himself. So, yeah. was, I mean, just in my, so my short podcasting career, I've already come across four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, the, you know, the one thing that's managed to, to survive through all of this change are the B horror movies. Um, the real, the real cheap slasher movies mm-hmm. have, have had such, a long run i mean you know even though the the original friday the 13th movie even all the way back to like salem's lot and uh uh uh, dawn of the dead or Mm -hmm. night of the living dead and stuff like that i mean look at how long ago those first zombie movies were you know god back in the 60s they started coming and there and and look today we're still doing zombie movies right we're still doing zombie movies and just when you think you're just sick and tired of it, you know something's going to come out of this pandemic. They're going to do a pandemic zombie, uh, another pandemic zombie mm-hmm. is going to come out of it. There's just, 
you know, then they got zombie vampires. Oh, okay, we're gonna do zombie vampire movies now. Oh, what else? Okay, we, could, gonna... we could have like pandemic zombie insurrection. Oh yes, <laughs> there you go. I mean, hillbilly zombies, right? <laughs> and uh, somebody resurrects uh, the old uh, Civil War South uh, soldiers. They have a big uh, giant. They re they rebattle Gettysburg or something. They, they bring back General right. Lee. Yeah, they, <laughs> you know. I mean anything there's so many crazy 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 um uh things that you can do with zombie movies and everybody loves zombies because they're disgusting they're gory they're ugly mm -hmm. and you know the, the the more advanced you get in makeup and uh, the better the the movies get and um uh yeah it just seems that that's that's the one genre that has carried through i mean westerns had their time and then they kind of went dark for a while and then they made a little bump back and then they went silent for a while. But, um, you know, they tried bringing, they keep trying every year to bring back musicals. Yeah. Um, you know, I love they, musicals. They, yeah. I think they should do cabaret. Cabaret yeah. is my favorite musical. Okay. I could, I could see that. I mean, they, they when they did, um, uh, 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 the show, greatest showman, mm -hmm. which I thought was great. I, I love that one. The Greatest Showman, um, with uh, Hugh. Is it? Was it Hugh? I call him. What do you call him? Wolverine. <laughs> What's his yeah, name? Hugh something. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he did fantastic. I didn't know what an amazing voice he had. Um, so yeah, and then he did another musical right out of Broadway. And uh, God, man, your audience is probably going to go, "What is this crazy guy? He keeps forgetting everything." That's what happens when you're about to be 55 and memory starts. So. Right. Well, I'm 53. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're still there. Yeah. Since 54 is when it happens, though, bro. It started happening for me at 50. Everything, <laughs> everything changed to 50. <laughs> oh man, I I, I carry um, my my wife is literally by my side everywhere we go because I'll sit there and I'll go, hey, I, I remember that that's uh, that's so and so, and she'll just like. Like that, she'll have the name right on the edge of her tongue, and I'll go. I don't. How the hell we do that? I go. If you if you die before me, I'm done. I go. I won't <laughs> last six months. I said I will be so screwed because she does. Her her mind is so sharp. She remembers everything so quickly. That's my wife. I can remember. That's my wife that. too. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why they live longer than men. Their mm. their brain, their brain just stays sharper longer. And when we lose it, we do stupid things that probably end up killing us. Yeah. Well, my wife is 12 years younger than me, so. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's. So, uh, so, so one day I'm just going to, I'm going to be like this elderly husband. that's just going to be a burden. Yeah. You're going to be, she's going to be changing your diaper and uh, <laughs> pushing you around in a wheelchair. <laughs> Smashing up your food for you too. Yeah. Right. Oh God. I'll just be a pain no, in the ass. Know. I, I always tell my wife, I go, you know what? A hundred years from now, I won't give a shit. It won't matter. <laughs> it it's just not going to matter. Just, you know, she has these, she also has these, uh, we have these little discussions about, you know, if you go first and you're cremated and then I die, I want to be cremated and we'll mix our ashes together. And I mm. go, for what? I go, are, you think our kids are going to want to see our one jar of ashes of the two of us together? <laughs> I go, 
come on. I go, you know what? It just, just, it's not going to matter. I don't care because I'll already be dust. So. Yeah. But they do. They, they think about these ways that, that they're going to live with you in, in eternity. And, uh, and I go, babe, we're already there. Don't even worry about it. Right. You know? <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I buried my parents together. Like, it was sort of like on top of each other in the same thing because they wanted that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like like That's, me, I, I mean, me, I don't give a shit. Like, I would like to kind of actually die in a way where there's no more remains left. Yeah, like like, like well, a like a shark attack. Yeah, no. no I, I, I no, want no. I want to go out like Quinn in Jaws. No, really. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. I in, wanna, in, in, fact, you, in fact, there's one of my favorite actors and acting parts is actually Quinn. Oh. um uh, I don't, Irish guy. I don't know the Sean, guy's name, but Sean. Uh, oh man, see, I'm just—I I was so sharp on all of these <laughs> things, these movies in the past, and I'm like going, uh, I, I hate myself because uh, Robert Shaw—that's his name, Robert Shaw, Shaw, Sean. Yeah, I liked him the best in um, in uh, in in the Sting, <laughs> in the Sting, where he played Lonigan. Uh huh. Uh, the gangster guy, I loved him in that. That was that was fantastic. Um, but getting back to but getting back to dying, I I I don't think I'd want to be um, shark bait. No, I'll tell you though. I, I told my wife, I go if we got like if you hit the lottery or something when I'm dead, or if you marry a billionaire, or whatever. I, says, I want my body shot into space. That's pretty cool. Probably go, expensive as hell though. Yeah, I know, but but just just mummy me up. Okay, don't don't put any of that uh, formaldehyde in me. Just mm -hmm. wrap me up really fast. Stick me in a vacuum-packed plastic bag, and launch me into space because there's there's somebody out in space that can bring my ass back. I go, and then they can bring me back to life. I says, and then I get to go live on another planet somewhere because you know somewhere out there there is. So uh, maybe Elon Musk will be listening to this episode, and he can make that happen for you. I would not doubt it if he's already got a manifest of of travelers that want to be shot into the sun or something you know some way dramatic way to die i want to be shot into the sun i want my body to just you know or or bear I, I want to be the first guy buried on the moon mm -hmm. you know um i i think that there's a business in that he's already there's people already lining up to be uh uh passengers on on his flights um his his space flights but it's not far off you know, he's just got to get past the rockets blowing up on the launch pad and, uh, <laughs> and he'll be okay. You know, <laughs> he's, he's doing a lot of great stuff. I mean, you know, when I saw the, when I saw the, um, the booster rockets come back down and land on the pads uh -huh. like that, I was like, wow, it is, is cool. Real. That's some real cool futuristic stuff right there. I mean, you know, I, I really think that the, uh, the, the thing that's going to change it all is when we find the alternate fuel source. If we find some alternate fuel source other than, you know, all of this explosive stuff, you know. I think, the, I, I think all the rockets and stuff are just, um, are just show. I think they already have the technology. Yeah. I don't know, but I think it's going to involve uh, magnets you know, something that's going to be magnetic, 
that'll that'll just literally just release from the gravitational pull or something. It's mm-hmm. I think magnetic fields and magnetic propulsion, I think, is the future. If they if they somehow can develop magnetic propulsion, because once you break the atmosphere, space is yeah, all you need to do. You could you could push push something like that, and it'll have it'll have uh, unlimited, you know, we call it inertia or whatever it is. So you'll 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 be propelled forward at whatever you know first original thrust is. That's why they can travel so fast. But yeah, if yeah. you had the opportunity to go to Mars, would you do it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> absolutely i love it it's only a three-month trip you know we've been quarantined for nine ten twelve months what's three months what's three months quarantine in a capsule you know or something like that just give me uh give me something to do in the in the capsule while i'm there for three months you know yeah a couple of 20 year old ladies maybe (laughs) (laughs) but but that'd be cool man like if you went to mars and, and then you do some TikTok videos and send them back to Earth. You would be like the Vin Diesel of TikTok. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because you know he did That's... like those Riddick movies that were on Mars or something. Aren't they? Aren't the, aren't the guys, the astronauts doing it already on the space station? They're doing like TikTok stuff and things Maybe, like that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But no. But, but uh, you know, going to Mars? Absolutely, man. I want to be... I want to, I would love to go there. That would be, that would be awesome. Um, just being out in space in general. I mean, it, it's probably something that you wouldn't want to spend more than a week <laughs> out there because you go nuts. Like I said, though, give me a whole bunch of stuff to do mm-hmm. while I'm there. It's, you know, and make sure you guys figure out this zero gravity crap. Okay. If they can do it all in, in, in um, Star Trek and Star Wars and everything, and you can be walking around on the ship without floating around. Uh huh. You know, then uh, then great. Uh, you know, or build a holodeck. God, that was the greatest <laughs> thing. That was the best thing that Star Trek. What is it? Next generation uh-huh. invented the holodeck. A holodeck. God, the stuff you could do on that. You can build a holodeck down here. That'd be great. What's Maybe your you five favorite sci-fi movie and sci-fi actor? Oh man, favorite sci-fi movie and sci-fi actor. Um, I mean, I, I grew up on the Star Wars movies. Um, uh, Alec Guinness was great in the original uh, in the in the New Hope, mm-hmm. uh, the original first Star Wars movie. Loved Alec Guinness. Um, he was a fantastic actor. Um, you know, the other all the other star all the other movies. You know, uh, a, a 2001 Space Odyssey, Alien. That was mm-hmm. now Alien was a great movie. Yeah, um, Tom, I like Tom Skerritt. He was good in that. Sigourney um, Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Eh, you mm-hmm. know, it's, yeah. She, I, I, I actually liked her better in Ghostbusters. You know, oh. but she had a badass character in that. Um, you know, it, there's just such an incredible spectrum of sci-fi mm-hmm. movies. Avatar. You know, with all of the incredible, yeah. incredible stuff that James Cameron did in that movie. Um, you know, it, 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 there's just this, the ones that they're doing today are so incredible compared to, I mean, when you when you watch an old episode of Star Trek and you saw how 
how hokey the sets were and everything. But you you saw all of this stuff that was really, it was way before its time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it, it really was the, the concepts and stuff. Um, but I really did. I really enjoyed Alec Guinness's performance in um, in the original Star Wars movie. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Picard on Star Trek. Number one, or maybe yeah. even Shatner on the original. Yeah, yeah. I, I know he's a cheesy. He's sort of cheesy, but it worked. Did I lose you? Hello. Huh. You there? Yeah, I'm here, but I think oh, I kind of lost you oh. a little bit. There you are. You're back. Yeah, you're back. All right. Yeah, we had something uh, something come out. Oh, it was a solar flare. Uh, it was probably, <laughs> in my case, it was probably the FBI. <laughs> I, 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 actually, I, I, I interviewed actually another. Oh, I lost you again. No, I'm here. You're here? I got you. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, You just stopped moving then on my screen. Did I? I froze. Yeah. I'll just I'll keep doing (laughs) that. Oh man, no, no, they're. uh, But I had uh, a Jack O'Halloran on my show, and uh, he was talking about all this mob stuff, and uh, I think I'm pretty sure the FBI deleted it off my computer. Because he was he was telling you some uh, some classified stuff or what what should have been classified a while ago. But probably yeah, <laughs> just, and you get some hypersensitive agents that are that are listening in on you and and stuff like that. Mm. Yep. Area fifty one. Like it's kind of funny. Like my alien episodes, my disclosure episodes, they they didn't bother. That. It was a, it was a stupid mob episode. That's the. That is. That's it. Well, you know what? I mean, it depends because there may be some stuff that might be close to, you know, the real life stuff that they're working on. I mean, who knows? You know, it's uh, it's a little bit, uh, you know, when you start talking about the, um, uh, what is it, the Gotti family and, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. And if you get a little too close to stuff, there may be something that they're, maybe something that you got a little bit, uh, a little bit of information on that they're, that they're saying, oh, wait a minute, he's not supposed to have that kind of information. So. Yeah. Either way, though, man, it's good to be uh, it's good to be recognized, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, although <laughs> although it it, it it costs me, God, about two thousand dollars in computers. <laughs> they wiped out. Did they just take? They just came in and took your no, stuff. No, they didn't take or... them, man. I don't know what they did. They 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 just shot bullets at them. I think through the internet and just wiped them out. <laughs> you know, like the cable oh, God, company does it. with the fake cable boxes. Oh God, yeah. That's what they do now the with the computers. They just zap I, it. I had a buddy. I had a buddy that uh, found his way around uh, when Directv was first coming out. He uh, he was an engineer, and he found his way around those uh, those digital cards, mm-hmm. and he 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 created a device. He was working in the engineering department, and he he built this device that actually opened up all the channels for free. So all he had to do was insert the direct TV. All he had to have was like basic direct TV and he would open up all the channels and you could watch like, you know, anything you wanted, all the paper channels and, and, and you know, it was hysterical. <laughs> and then what would happen is, is the companies 
um, were getting word of this. And then what they would, so then what they would do is DirecTV would send out a signal mm-hmm. and it would fry the little motherboard that he built. And then he'd have to go and build another one. And then he'd put it in again and have open channels. And then, you know, so he was getting to the point where he was just, he kept building different circuitry. And he was always staying one step ahead of them. So it was like the moment that they zap his, his, uh, his board, he'd pull it out, he'd put another one in and he'd keep going. <laughs> they'd, have to, they'd have to figure out the, um, I guess, the algorithm or the signal in order to fry it. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's, they're, I'll tell you right now, man, they're, they're connected more and more, these smart TVs nowadays. Uh, there's a lot of tech in those smart TVs where, you know, some of them are saying they can turn on their camera anytime they want and watch it, watch what you're doing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's kind of, it's kind of scary the where we're heading, you know, everybody's relying on tech and now look at what, look at what's going on, you know, in the real world. Look at what, I mean, just Amazon just went, yeah, boom, you know, that app is gone. We don't like it. Yep. You know, we're going to shut that down. I mean, they have control over a lot of stuff we can we can talk about conspiracy theories all day long <laughs> well, what, what would what would you, you have you ever seen the movie escape from la yeah, yeah. and at the end yep. they just turn, shut turn, everything turn off yeah yep snake plisking yep <laughs> i love that character that's a, yeah it's another they, one of my, my favorite characters snake plisken yep yep yeah he did that so great and then they did another one escape from la Yep. Um, did they do a third one? Escape from Cleveland. Or, it, it, is, was that another one that he was in? Cleveland. I wanted, I wanted to say I heard a rumor that he was going to be doing an, another one. I mean, the guy's in his late 60s, I think, right now. Um, and he's, I think they were talking about he was going to be doing another. He was bringing back Snake. That would be great. I don't know whether it was for a cameo or something. You know what? I, I would love to see him show up in one of those um episodes of uh, the expendables you uh-huh. know like the fourth the fourth or fifth expendable <laughs> if they bring in snake whiskin you know with all those other badass guys you know that would be great yeah that would be great it's still it's it like, still with the leather pants <laughs> oh yeah man. oh that would be so cool if uh you know uh stallone's character and uh you know you had all those guys and, and Stallone's like, I'm going to call in a friend, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, you have the camera pulling up from his leather boots and it comes right on up and it's snake plisken. Yeah. <laughs> that is total, that would be total badass. He would make fools out of all those, uh, all those other hard ass guys that are, that were in the movie. I would, I would, I would, I would pay to go see that movie in the movie theaters. I, would I think too. that would be a real fun one. That would be a fun film, but um, I, I do. I, I like I like how they are actually bringing back some old characters into new movies. You know, I mean, the, the same actor. You know, there was another one where they they brought in an old. Uh, he played an old character in like an '80s movie. I'm trying to remember, and they brought back the character into like a cameo. Um, well, they brought back in one of the Expendables. They brought back. Uh, uh, Chuck Norris, mm-hmm. one of the one of them. I think it was like the third one or something like that. He came back, and they had Jean Claude Van Damme. I mean, they had all the guys. They had all of the eighties martial arts guys were back in the uh, third Expendables. Did you have Steven so Seagal? Uh, I don't know if he was in that one or not. It, it was in one of them. 
And then, of course, they did the uh, the Red series. The, yeah, the, Red. You know, I those. Willis. I mean, Willis was in both of those too. But yeah, Red. That was great. Um, that was, you know, the second and the third one. And, and John Malkovich, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. John Malkovich is one of my favorites. I mean, you know, it's John, but he's so funny. His humor is it just. I love his humor. In, in all of his movies. I mean, when he was in Con Air, he was where he played just a really badass guy. He was hysterical in that movie. It's another one of my favorite um, movies that, that a lot of people do not like. <laughs> oh, Con Air? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> That's the one with Nicolas Cage, right? Nick Cage, uh, John Malkovich, and, um, oh, God, uh, uh What's his name? He was in uh, Boardwalk. Um, I love him because he's a great character actor. Um, uh, God, it begins with an S. His name is just escaping me right now. But he played the psycho uh, guy that, that they had to um, silence of the lambs in. They mm-hmm. had to put the whole thing on his face because he like he like was ate, ate all his victims. He was guilty of um, of uh, uh, eating all of his victims. Um, what's his name? Anyway. Um, that I mean, I watch that movie at least once a year. You know, <laughs> it's a great movie. John yeah. Cusack was in it, um, and oh, Dave Chappelle was in it. That was like one of his first movies that he was in. <laughs> yeah, and Steve Buscemi—that's the guy I was thinking of. Steve Buscemi. Oh yeah. He, he uh, I love Steve. I mean, he was in Grown Ups. And um, and then he had a great. I mean, he won some, uh, he, won some he, awards. For he him. was in uh, Escape from L.A. He was. He he, he was believe, so yeah, the, the yeah. tour guide. Yeah, he was. I believe you're right. Yep, he was. He was. The, he was the tour guide. He was in uh, and, Big Lebowski. Um, uh, he was in that. Yep. Uh, he was in Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, uh, uh, I mean, he he is like the guy that. I always wanted to him and Joe Pantaleona. Those two actors had forged amazing, amazing careers. And I just, I, I, I just, those, that's, that's the life that I want is, is that kind of an actor where, you know, you just keep working, you just keep working. Um, because, you know, movie stars, the, the big top, top movie stars, and it's tough to stay at that top. You know, it's tough to, to maintain that A list. Not a whole lot of them can do it for, you know, 30, 40 years. Right. I mean, there are some, but not a lot of them. And they fade away. And, um, you know, guys like Steve Buscemi and, and Joe Pantaleona, uh, you know, those guys just, they keep going. They right. keep going. And they keep, they keep popping up in, in, in one film after another. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I really... Uh, yeah, I did. I really Steve Steve actually interviewed my uh my meditation teacher. Really? For he had like this like like little like online thing called like Park Bench or something like that. Uh-huh. And he he, uh-huh. he interviewed my uh the, the Buddhist nun who was like our meditation teacher. Yep. It was yep. pretty cool. He was in oh that was right. He was in Boardwalk. That's right. Steve Buscemi was in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. He was, he was a he was the star of the show, really, uh, in that one. And uh, won some awards in there. So, um, but but the guy just pops up. 
I mean, he's everywhere. In, yeah, he pops up everywhere, and so does Pantaleon. One of my favorite, one of my favorite nineteen eighties comedies was um, Midnight Run. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. And um, uh, and uh, Joe Pantaleon played the bail bondsman in that one, and uh, uh, um, Charles Grodin. Oh my God, he stole the show. He stole. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you how many times I watched that film and I could see De Niro literally holding back laughter because Grodin was just stealing the show. So many <laughs> scenes. And my buddy, my buddy, who's my photographer, he actually, um, he actually worked on planes, trains, and automobiles, uh-huh. and did a, did a lot of stuff up in the Chicago area. And I believe he was also part of part of the Midnight Run crew. Um, worked some of the um, cinematography on that as well, but. Um, those were great films. I mean, you're right. They're not gonna. They're not gonna have that many movies, Gary, that are gonna be like that anymore these days. I mean, do you think we'll see more movies like, uh, like what Kevin Smith used to make, or like what Quentin Tarantino does? Because he just films with like one camera. Yeah, um, yeah single camera. Uh, you know, it's. I think yes. I think you will see those. But I think you're going to see more of them in the independent circuit. And then what they do is they, they run through uh, the festivals. They run through Cannes um, or Toronto or um, um, <clears throat> what do you call it? De Niro's one in New York, Tribeca. And uh, once they run through those festivals and they get purchased by like Lionsgate, they get purchased by major distributors, and then they go to the main screen. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of those films are going to be introduced in the um, – in, in the film festival circuit before they they're, they're not necessarily literally straight to the, the theaters, yeah, um, yeah. you know, only because God, the, the ones that are going in the theaters are just these massive epic, you know, three, $400 million projects, you know, $500 million projects with lots of special effects. And um, I mean, I'm dying. I, I, I'm dying to see, the new Ghostbuster movie that was supposed to come out in June, mm-hmm. which I hear is going to be, is really cool. I mean, it's the, the kids uh, of the Ghostbusters and the uh-huh. grandkids of uh, Aykroyd's grandson, I think it is, or whatever. And, and um, uh, they're the actors that were cast. I think one of the kids was from stranger things. Mm-hmm. So it's got that stranger thing kind of vibe to it. Um, and I can't wait. I wanted to see that one. It was supposed to come out in like July. And of course, you know, COVID uh, killed it. Um, the new Top Gun, Top Gun 2, oh, Maverick was supposed to come out also. And they held that back. So I don't know when they're going to release both of those movies. But um, yeah, those are the ones that go to the big screen first. How, how bad do you think Hollywood is hurting because of COVID? Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, you know, I know for a fact that, that I've suffered tremendously, my, my type of actor, my genre, um, I lost my agent because of it. Um, he died? because no, they, they, uh, they trimmed their roster down. They oh. didn't, they, they didn't have any auditions for okay. anybody. So they basically paired their roster down to a skeleton type roster. Um, and you know, so, um, like I said, I've had to reinvent myself get a whole new look. Um, I did sign with another, uh, with a modeling and commercial agent, um, which is a great agency, but I'm still waiting to get that 
theatrical agent that wants to put me back back in the game, uh-huh. so to speak. Um, it's a tough thing. I mean, I've uh, I've been doing some of my independent stuff because I'm always staying busy. So I'll turn around and I'll I'll have a bunch of buddies and we'll we'll make some short films. We'll you know we'll try to put out something. And um, but right now, for as far as mainstream television and film, you know they've shut down a lot of stuff. Um, it's just it's just terrible, you know. So hopefully, it'll have, all have you up. considered doing like writing and producing your own thing and distributing uh, it yourself? You know, I've it's God, it is so hard. To do that. I, I mean, I mean, I think the like the money is in making the content. Yeah, but but uh, from from conceptualizing something to to the screen can take ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, you go through rewrites. I've got two. I've got two scripts that I've written, and I'm working on another one. But they take years to 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 write, and then once you write them, you have to find the money. Yeah, I mean that's really where it's at. It's the well, money. How about like something really simple, like like for example. Yeah like the old sitcoms, like Three's Company, you know, I mean, yeah. it was filmed in, you know, I mean, on a set that was like a single apartment. They obviously did not put a whole lot of money into it. Yeah. You know? I have a, uh, I have, I have two series um, ideas and concepts that are brilliant. They've never been done before. Always afraid to put it out there because everybody's looking to steal ideas from everybody. Yeah. Um, but I've got I've got two amazing uh, a series. One of them is actually like a suspense thriller that has that that's almost in the lines of a you know fifteen minute episodes, almost like a YouTube series. But again, you've got to pay your crew. You got to pay for your editors and your post production people, and then you've got to find a platform that's going to buy it, right. you know, or well, a platform. Well, I know a lot of people that are, that are making content and putting it up on Amazon prime. Yeah. Yeah. And, but again, I mean, you got to look how much are they spending on it? If they're not spending a lot of money on it, if they've got a buddy, mm-hmm. like right now, I'm, I've got a buddy right now who's, who's got me in two projects right now that he wants me to do. The other thing is, is that they're not putting are not paying. They don't pay anything. Yeah. You know, he's like, Hey man, you want to get together? I've got, I've got two, this film project I want to do. And uh, it's a short film. It's a 10 minute this. And we're going to put it up on YouTube or we're going to do this and that. And I'm like, great. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, let's go do it. Oh, I can't pay you. But, and I go, oh, I understand we're in a tough situation. And that's when, you know, the actor in you wants to really, 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 really do it. Yeah. And then, and then the, uh, the person who's paying the bills that's on your shoulder is going, you need to make money, you need to make money, you know. Where do you so, live? Um, right now, uh, I live down in Dana Point, which is Southern California. Oh, California. Yeah. Um, it's by San Juan Capistrano hmm. uh, area. And my wife and I moved down here last year. Um, but we came, yeah, we came down here with the, with the concept of, you know, the kids are all out of the house. My youngest went away to college. It's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. We were going to kind of enjoy ourselves and then focus on, you know, she she got work down here. Uh, she She's a new home sales agent. And um, she got work down here. And I got down here and I started organizing all of my stuff so that I could commit completely to um, to my acting. And then, then the pandemic hit. 
and she lost her job and I lost my agent and mm. everything went to hell in a handbasket. So uh, at least we're like, we're sitting there going, oh, at least we're, you know, we're in a nice place. We're not sitting in some area where there's a lot of chaos, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that's, you know, that helped us get through it mentally. But, you know, we may not even be here much longer. You know, we're talking about moving in the spring. Mm. We're talking about leaving uh, California and moving back east. Um, you know, Georgia's starting to pick up with film. Um, yeah, I, film- I, I, I know a filmmaker. He's not in Georgia, but he's in Virginia. Yeah. He's the guy who does the uh, the Bigfoot movies and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and I know some guys like up by New York, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, that's real expensive to make stuff up there, though. But it is. Giving them, you know, they're giving them a lot of incentives. So it, it's tough. It's it's a tough decision because, you know, I want to be here. I mean, this is where a lot of the stuff is hopefully going to come back. Um, but at the same token, you know, you're sitting there and you're going, well, you know, we got to find more ways to make money because this last year took a lot out of everybody. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody lost so much financially businesses. I mean, I feel the worst for these people that, that just opened their businesses and they had mm-hmm. all these bright, you know, bright future in front of them. And, and, and then their businesses closed down and they go bankrupt. Yeah. I really, I, I feel so bad for those people. So I count my blessings. Um, but at the same token, it's, it's not easy. No, no. Like, I've been lucky far as the pandemic goes. Cause I live in a state that never actually shut down. Yeah. Oh, uh, where where are you at again? I'm in Alabama. You're in Alabama. I'm from I'm from New Jersey originally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But down here we never down here we never really shut down. I could see why you'd be in a duel every once in a while down there. Oh yeah. Somebody when they call me a Yankee, I take offense to it. Because you're a Mets fan, right? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Phillies fan, actually. Phillies and Eagles. Oh, wow. Philly. But um, Man, oh, man. Eagles fan, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I cannot, Sorry, be- I cannot believe they've actually won a Super Bowl in my lifetime, though. So I'm happy with that. That's it. Hey, man. Um, and, you know, at least you, at least your team still has their name. Okay. I lost my team name this year. They stripped <laughs> it from us. They stripped it from us. And uh, and so it it was a down year for the NFC East as a mm-hmm. whole. You guys lost your coach though today. Did we? Yeah, they fired him. Damn. And I liked him. I thought he was a good coach. Hmm. Yeah. They, they go through quite a few coaches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is, man. But I, I, I you know, I was in the same boat as you um, when I, because I, I grew up as a kid up in Connecticut. And then uh, my parents moved us down to Florida when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old or something. But um, I met a girl in, had just out of college. And of course I followed her like a little puppy dog uh, up to Tennessee where she, uh, she, her family and everything was in, in Nashville, Tennessee. So the, the four or five months that I lived there was absolutely brutal. And just Yankee this and Yankee that, and, you know. <laughs> I just fight God. with them. I fight, I fight with them all the time. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I was like, all right, you know, call me yeah. a Yankee. Either we're going to fight or we're going to have a duel or something's going to happen or you're going to yeah. shut up. Yeah, and I hit you over the head with a beer bottle. And, 
and, and, and, and the funny thing is, they don't like the fight. Yeah, you know they're, they're like like in New Jersey and New York, like like that's how we kind of settle things up there. We, oh, we yeah. talk a bunch of shit. We actually get into a fist fight, beat each other yeah. up, and then we're best friends afterwards. Yeah, you go have a beer, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. no, well, I yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. It's it's literally um, it's a good thing. I think. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's goodwill hunting. That's what it is. <laughs> Boston, you go up there to Boston and. Uh, yeah, you have a few beers and you you beat the crap out of each other and then uh, and then you're buying more beers for each other. Yeah, yeah. I tell you though, one of my favorite movies uh, that I really like because I like sports movies, you know, Rudy. But I really liked Invincible. That was a great movie. I have never seen it. I've... Okay, you know what? You just lost all my respect right there. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> I, I actually don't a get to watch guy. that many movies anymore. Because I don't really a have that time. Big Philly fan like yourself, a big Philly fan, and you didn't watch Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Papali to the forty, Papali to the thirty. Great movie, great, great movie. Well directed, well written. Just Wahlberg kind of lost it for me with the Wahlbergers. Well, you know, he's trying to make money on the side. I mean, look at what every one of these. You know, if, if an actor, he's got to, he's got to find a way to make his. To, to put his money to work for him. I give it to him. I hand it to him for... Um, the burgers are not even going, good. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've never had one, but um, I got. you got to <laughs> hand it to people that, that invest in something that's not in what they made their money in. Right. Like, you know, you got all these sports guys. And I mean, you know, like Don Shula, you know, he had his steakhouses, you know, and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Elway had his car dealerships. I mm -hmm. mean... They, you, you invest your money wisely for the future because, you know, when you're out of that sport or whatever it is, you know, you want to have something that's going to keep your investment going. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe he did it for tax purposes, too. I don't mm -hmm. know. But, uh, you know, you got to hand it to the guy for trying new things. So, anyway. <laughs> but great movie, man. Check out Invincible. you got to watch it. It's I'll a really it cool out. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, it was really good talking to you. You too, man. It's, uh, it's it's time for it's time to make the donuts, or as my my wife would say, it's time to make the meatloaf. <laughs> oh yeah, I already ate dinner. I forgot. Yeah, now you see. Yeah, now I gotta I gotta get it. I gotta get it in the oven. So. All right, uh, man. Well, thanks really for taking cool time chatting. to come on. No, anytime, anytime. Bring me back anytime. I'll I'll keep you posted on stuff. Uh, if your listeners want to check out. My uh, my so-called epic beard. Mm -hmm. They can do so on IMDb. Just type in imdb.me backslash Timothy McLaughlin. Uh, it'll come up. You can see the projects I'm working on right now. You can see uh, uh, what I've done, the work that I have done, and um, and and you know, stay in touch. Keep keep up with my work. I'm yeah. going to be posting stuff. Hey, they, I think that I think IMDb you can even leave a message if you want to, mm -hmm. you know, drop a line and say, "Hey, man, I caught your podcast." And yeah, uh, you I'll, know. I'll put a link into it on my website, yeah. and um, you know, maybe I can hook you up with a Bigfoot role or something. Bigfoot, there you go. I, uh -huh. I could certainly be. Uh, I could certainly be one of those hermit guys living in the woods. Yeah, one of those crazy. Uh, you know, crazy guys that's been yeah, living I'll hook in you the up cabin. with my friend uh, Justin Snyder. Yeah, perfect. No, absolutely. You'll just have to. Uh, you'll have to go to Virginia. I go anywhere. I've traveled all over the country. That doesn't stop me. I got a passport. I can go anywhere. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah, no, um, they can they can see me there. I mean, I have an Instagram, which is uh, at the Timothy Mac, and that'll connect you with a, a, a couple other places. But yeah, yeah, check it out. All right, man. So uh, hang on one second. I just got to play the outro. Thanks for being on. You bet it. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.